We all have them. We all talk about them. But only two men have decided to make a podcast about their weekends. If you have a good Saturday, what do you do? Anything good? Um, I went to... We didn't do much in the day. Two best mates. The issues are with the treatments and where researchers might... I mean, this is boring chatting at this. In an uncut chat about their weekends. I actually felt disappointed because I ordered a rubber seal for the oven door and it didn't turn up. Starring Tim and Gendel. Dad's getting pizza. And we're like, <laughs> big, big dad on campus. Hey, I didn't click my fingers and go... Mm. You did. <laughs> did you mean, hey, kids... Dad's getting pizza. Tim and Gen's weekend podcast. Anything could happen. So that's the trailer for the podcast. Yeah. What do you think? American voice, explosions, you know, do you not think it's horrifically over the top? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's perfect. Cool, cool. It's done then. I don't know if Claremont's going to thank us for connecting him to the assless chat, but there's... I feel like he won't. I feel like that's going to be where I lose him as a friend. Uh... <laughs> Welcome to Mixtapes with Mike, the podcast where I invite a guest to make us a mixtape of 10 tracks without using the same artist twice. We're going to talk about each song, so if you like the sound of what you hear, you can listen to the mixtape in full on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the link in the show notes. So if you're the kind of person who likes to listen to two people talk about music and what it means to them, then please subscribe. And as always, it would mean the world to me if you would take a second to leave a positive review on whatever platform you're listening on. Now, this week, we have a nominated guest. The seven steps of separation that I'm trying to go for by getting a previous guest to put someone else forward so that I don't have to go out and, and look for guests myself. It's, it's a genius stroke of laziness, if I'm honest. This week's guest was nominated by Canadian comic Dave Merhidge. This week's guest is rapper, producer and self-proclaimed idea man, Roshan. How are you doing, man? I'm just psyched you got my name pronunciation right, man. Well, I'm, I'm, you're, you're winning out the gate with me, bro. It's it's a gamble, actually, and I usually double-check that before we yeah. start. So I was thinking about it when you're doing the long intro. I'm like, oh, man, am I going to have to tell them I'm not the Russian? Like, <laughs> I, get, I get some weird ones, bro. Um, no, I, yeah. get, I get exactly the same thing because like, my, my name... My name looks like it could be pronounced Dryburg, but it's actually Dryburgh, like as if you were saying like Edinburgh. Um, okay, okay. So I, I, unless it's someone based in a Scottish call centre... Yeah. I get all kinds of shit. <laughs> I feel like I was just going to go with Mike. Yeah. Safer. That's fine. I mean? That's so absolutely fine. Mr. M. Just get like one letter in. So yeah, I did an episode with Dave a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really eclectic playlist. And a, lo- a lot of hip hop there. And it was challenging because my taste in hip hop is kind of dated because it like... Because hip-hop's not, like, my primary source of music, I've kind yeah. of dipped in and out of it. And mm-hmm. as it started to change when I wasn't looking, I would dip back in and go, oh, oh, no, no, no that's, that's not... Oh, oh, no. Yeah, kind of thing. So like, so, like, some of his picks put me in a position where I had to listen to sort of more contemporary hip-hop from now, which is produced in a different way. 
And it was mm-hmm. cool because it made me try and appreciate it more, and I did. But one of his picks was a track by yourself. So you're the first guest, to my knowledge, who has actually been included in somebody's mixtape on a previous episode. Shit, man, I'm a legend. Indeed. Self-proclaimed idea, man, out here. There you go. <laughs> um, That's awesome, though. No, it was cool. So I, it was um, Kodiak Moments. That was a track. Hey, word. And that was that was in line with like my taste in hip hop because like I I I prefer it when I can hear what the MC is saying. Yeah. And I'm a sucker for loop based, kind of chopped up samples. Oh, um, well, that's right up your alley, then. Oh man, it was perfect. It was such a good. It, it, it was like, like no joke. I think I said it on the episode. It was my favorite track on his mixtape. Sick. So, I appreciate that. Thanks so much. Bro. No, I was, I was, I was so into it. So then, when I asked Dave who he might put forward, and he suggested you, and I was just like, I totally want to talk to this guy. Oh man, that means that means the world, bro. I appreciate you so much. That's cool. I'm trying to kind of pay it forward in the same way of you're gonna get. Uh, all sorts of current music from me, but stuff that's specifically out of my city, out of Toronto, Canada, or the surrounding areas like Hamilton, Brampton. Um, and I feel like we've got a scene here that is super duper special and it's pretty like eclectic in terms of like what what we're bringing to the mm-hmm. forefront. Um, we were joking before we were airing, I just like I sent you a playlist of like 20 plus songs or something because I didn't realize I had to bring it down to 10. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I hope I got everybody in here. And if I missed you, my bad. No, it's cool. You get to come back if you want. Like if you want to do like a, a side B further down the line, let's, let's do that. But um, it, it seems to be a regular thing. Like like I, I, I talk to people from all over because uh because i'm i'm talking to people primarily like on platforms like zoom and i never get like an american guest going oh i'm picking my 10 favorite american artists but like every canadian guest is is has has made a point of talking about people from their their native country and because there's a real sense of like pride in 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 the music yeah i think there's an increasing sense of community and like i i mean that's something that i've always cared about a lot i I really love that about hip-hop music largely or music in general is this kind of regionality but specifically in rap you get different accents of people that rhyme different words than like someone from manchester versus someone from atlanta are going to have a completely different vocabulary of Mm -hmm. what what they're actually able to do and with within their accent what rhymes and there's, there becomes these kind of like sonic soundscapes behind where there's definitely like a Toronto sound. Um, it's not like everybody is from there, but there's like a sound that comes out of like OVO and the whole Drake camp, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, you know, you go to any city and there's kind of that sound. And I think that that's like a unique thing. But what I've noticed is that there is more of a love for community in Toronto where we used to have a much more of like a crabs in a bucket mentality of like, oh, I got this link for uh you know some press link i'm not going to share it because it's like secret to me and if i give it to you then i don't get on sort of thing which is like couldn't be further from the truth you want to support people in your community and that's kind of been my take yeah yeah there seems to be like a real sense of like if i'm moving forward i want to pull someone else along with me yeah exactly it's a a beautiful thing to see like i mean and i've seen I've seen examples of it like I'm part of or I was part of like a, a local music scene and there, were, there was a point in time when it was super supportive and it was more collaborative and it's not that that's gone away it's just 
the music scene isn't quite what it was because we don't have the venues that we used to. Yeah. Um, and, of, and, and obviously any chance of live music's been taken away because of the pandemic. But mm. it's when, when you're when you're in that sort of kind of supportive scene at that moment in time, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I come from a kind of a background of throwing my own shows and stuff because there wasn't much of an infrastructure in Toronto unless you were one of these artists that kind of got to open for like an American coming by. Mm -hmm. uh, so we tried to create our own scene. And then as I got older, I kind of always wanted to be able to like uh, leverage any any legs that I might have had for a younger generation of artists. So I run my own podcast on on uh, Spotify called Toronto Stay Winning. Amazing. Which you can check out if you want to keep up. There's it constantly evolving tracks every week. Um, and it's just artists from the greater Toronto area. And it's wild to see how much, like I don't have to go across Canada to find a hundred songs ever. Like it's this, we're, it's dense, there's great music everywhere. And, and uh, the way music is kind of opened up, it's allowed a lot of people to experiment and try their hand at something that maybe they wouldn't have been able to do 20 years ago. You know? oh, that's amazing. Or even 10, yeah. So- I, I love you, this shit. You, you, <laughs> I'm a dork. No, it's good. Let's, no, I, I'm a good I, kind of dork. I'm, my, like, I'm not very, very, uh, very secure in my dorkhood. That's cool. I like how, you know, they they, <laughs> they, 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 tend to make the best guests. So obviously you, you, you sent a much longer playlist than the, the format allows. Um, yeah. but I'm, but obviously I'm, I'm always curious to see how musicians kind of approach it. So we know that you've, we know that you've got a Canadian angle that you're sort of pushing here. But is, was there any other kind of approach that kind of factored into what made the cut? Yeah, I mean, like pretty much everybody on my list is like a good friend of mine, legitimately. Um, they're people that, uh, with maybe like one or two exceptions, I've worked with mm -hmm. and admire greatly and feel need more shine. Some of them have had a ton of success, some of them not as much uh, and are just growing right now. But um, that was kind of what ended up being the last the last piece because there were definitely people on here that are there were more cats on here that i really admire that i don't know personally maybe we've exchanged an instagram message or something uh message of support but i feel like i, I felt like that i have all these people in my community this is like what legitimately what i listen to mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's a weird feeling kind of coming up in music we all have our favorites that's not to say i don't listen to other rap i, I do constantly but like um, for a lot of the stuff that I listen to, it's I'm, I'm blessed to have people in my life that are just making stuff that I'm excited for. You know what I mean? And like some of these songs I might have heard ahead of time and now they're finally out and I'm excited to share them. Okay. All right. So yeah. who's the first track by? First track is by, um, so we talked about Kodiak Moments. This is actually uh, by the producer of Kodiak Moments. It goes by Gnome. And I'm in a group with him called Essex Boys, but he is a singer-songwriter first. He is also a very good beat maker, but... This is him singing and playing multiple instruments. Um, and it's one of my favorite songs by him. So okay. I really wanted to, to put on for him. I also live with dude. Like he's he's one of my best friends. Oh amazing. Um, yeah, so let's start it. We gotta start it off properly on that on thatness. On that note. On thatness. That makes sense. <laughs> um, if if at yeah. any point if at any point you stumble on a word, just take a pause, re-say it, and I'll just edit sure. it. I make everyone sound like they know what they're talking about. It's all good. Oh, I like screwing up. It's okay too. So like, <laughs> if you hear me kind of, I'm not really sweating it. I kind of, I think those are the moments. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I, I, the thing I liked about this is that it's quite a chilled track to start with. Mm -hmm. 
there's there, I, I, I don't I'm not sure if it's quite the right description but there's a bit of a neo soul kind of element to it oh yeah for sure it's neo soul I mean that's that's the thing about a lot of the, the sound of up here it's we're trying to pull from from multiple genres mm -hmm. and one of the things that I like best about gnome is that um, he has this like wonderful rap sensibility as a producer that really is in line with what I want Mm -hmm. um, but at the same point, he can play folk, he can play soul music, and he's just in his bag. He plays like four instruments. Um, like I know him, he was, he was playing drums in my band, and like he's you know more comfortable on a guitar than he is on drums these days. And it's really great to hear him kind of put this together. I like people that that, that have that kind of outlook that they they'll, they'll just do a bit of everything. I, I had a guest on a couple of weeks ago uh, by the name of Bodacious Thang. Um, sort of uh, like singer songwriter producer a little bit eccentric she was great man like she really yeah. really funny too and we had a couple of really nice kind of kind of authentically earnest moments talking about just general life stuff um, yeah for sure yeah but we one of our picks was thundercat and he's Not one of those fire. he's one of those guys who doesn't yeah. seem to have much ego about himself because like he'll just jump in and play a bit part and he's just happy yeah. to be there you know i think that guy's life is about in some regards at this point is like he's he's sort of like that party guy uh who can like i mean he, he does come off humble but i know the guy's supremely confident i'm sure mm -hmm. you can't play bass like that and not be yeah. um but yeah like i'm a big thundercat fan he's coming to toronto soon actually and i might try to get that now that shows are on paper opening up again yes but like the, the, those multi-instrumentalists those people who just want to jump in and play their part and and will happily just be a small part of something just to be in that moment it really impresses yeah. me yeah i mean that i mean that resonates with me too i just feel like this stuff has got to be kind of like i mean it's the same with with comedy writing and stuff it's like you really want to be like best idea wins and try to take the ego out of it and be able to collaborate that's that's the thing it's like it doesn't matter if you did like i write i'll write like what we call like top line stuff for other people sometimes where i'm writing for for artists that maybe have a, have bigger names than me and like you'll write in these situations with like three other people sometimes and it can't really if you start getting into like oh i did more i wrote more than you it's like then it becomes this massive headache so there's kind of this inherent collaborative stuff that happens along the way of like we're just going to split evenly yeah. so like let's just go with the best thing yeah and it takes people's ego out of it and you can be like one day like my guy might have a better day than some other days i'm like i'm the alpha in the room <laughs> <laughs> right but it's like most of the time i'm just like i am the quiet dude in the room with poignant ideas every once in a while <laughs> but i think maybe like if you are that alpha too many times then you stop getting invited to the room straight up man i mean and that's that's true there's there's definitely those people who you're in with and whatever in situations like that the worst is when people are like don't contribute but also want to shit on your ideas because if you yeah. have like if you don't have an idea to be like i'm not sure about that we can do better and it's like well what do you want to do yeah <laughs> what do you want to do joey okay <laughs> hey All mike right. you fought to get in this room what do you want to write you're just like oh no i just don't like your line i feel like there's another way we could say refrigerator <laughs> i'm just like listen I'm this is a niche song about frigids it's never been done don't fuck this up for me <laughs> All right, so this first track is? <laughs> it's called uh, It's a Shame by my boy, Boy No.
All right, so moving on from Gnome, who we listen to now? Uh, this is a song from uh, an artist named Tona, who's from uh, Scarborough, which is Eastside Toronto. Uh, who's a good friend of mine. We just did a song with Gnome, actually, that came out called Real Good. Uh, I'm guessing when this drops, it'll be a couple weeks ago. Um, he's a pretty special artist from Toronto, has a, one of the most iconic, I'd say he's got the best voice in hip hop in Canada, period, probably. Um, and has sort of become like a, lo- a local legend up here in terms of output and consistency and it's definitely a guy that I look to as terms of like lyricism that I admire greatly so whenever you can like work with people like that uh, who you know sharpen your pen and make make sure you come with it and if I come with a really crazy verse he's gonna take it personally and try to outdo me like that friendly <laughs> competition is such a wonderful part of rap music for me and something that like I admire greatly so I, I feel like uh, yeah man Tona's, Tona's a killer plus he what? loves the Chicago Bulls and they're fucking terrible Oh man! So like, it's easy prey right now. No, well, like I'm a Bulls fan. We here at Mixtapes with Mike are well aware that this is a music-based podcast, but it is so rare that I get the chance to talk about the NBA with another human being. I got carried away, and we indulged ourselves in some basketball chat for quite some time. Um, and I'm not sorry. So if you want to get back to the music chat, just just skip forward like a minute, 60 seconds, maybe. You, you'll find it. So like... Oh man, I mean, I was. Well, yeah, so like, because <laughs> like I got into basketball around 96, 97 when it was yeah, good. Yeah, I think that's probably what happened to Tona too. And that's like the, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's been I, a long road since then, Oh, man. mate, honestly. And then I drifted away from basketball for the longest time like I got into skateboarding snowboarding doing my own music and then my wife and I were in Chicago uh, a few years back and we got tickets to see the Bulls play the Knicks oh that's true I would I would give so much for that that's awesome and and we were like I was like man I forgot how much I love watching basketball but my wife really enjoyed it too so all of a sudden we have this new thing to do so like we've been watching the games over here and following it You've been watching this, the the playoffs, like the finals and stuff. Yeah, man. Like I, like, I don't know who to pull for because, like, it's I'm, weird. Yeah. Because, because all all through it, I've been pulling for the Bucks and I've been pulling for the Suns because I love that underdog thing and I love the scrappiness and I want to see like Chris Paul get a ring. But That's like my number one thing. I feel like honestly, year sixteen, I really want to see Chris Paul get a ring. I feel like in terms of point guards, and someone might kill me for this on your podcast if they're ball fans, but pretty confident. I feel like with the exception of maybe Magic Johnson, there's never been a better point guard in the NBA than Chris like, Paul. He's, he's yeah, that good. Yeah, and like the personality he brings, like... He, it's insane. It's proven at this point. Like, every team he touches does does incredibly well, overachieves like crazy. I think that early in his career, there were a lot of situations where people were frustrated. And like, when you're... Even if you're that good, if you're unproven, so to speak, mm-hmm. you end up having these locker room problems with him and like Blake Griffin and uh, DeAndre Jordan early. But like to see what he's done since the Clippers to be able to go from team to team to team from Houston to Oklahoma now to Phoenix and just reinvent teams. Mm-hmm. He's kind of completely changed his reputation from being this hard guy to work with to being a basketball genius, which is really what he's been the entire time. Yeah. And and he's and he's made a point of like bringing everyone else's level up. Like he's made oh, yeah. everyone better. He's kind of created, an, like, not that Devin Brooker isn't an amazing player in his own right, but mm-hmm. putting those two together, 
it, it allows him to do more and showcase what he can do by being on a team with with people like that. I feel like that's the most underrated thing about a, a real basketball team a lot of the time is really just like, what's your point guard situation? And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a traditional point guard. Like you can have guys who are like point centers like Nikola Jokic or, a, you know, LeBron is essentially a point guard at this point. But it's like having guys like when Kawhi came to Toronto, where I'm from, and we want to chip, it's like that was the first time I think people really gave credit to how good of a point guard Kyle Lowry is. Mm-hmm. And just like being cool under pressure, being able to take defensive charges, being able to, you know, take things personally, run around a corner and hit a big three when you need it. Mm-hmm. To want it like that and to be able to kind of like be calm among the other people and the younger guys and make them better. I feel like Chris Paul is like a better point guard, but like the same kind of thing where he's gone into this team that was like, looked like they could be good and then made them like DeAndre Aiden, their center is like had a crazy year. And that's mm-hmm. all Chris Paul. Yeah. Like it's him too, don't get me wrong, but like it's it's the willingness to learn from from greatness. And I feel like in a lot of ways, like Chris Paul is coaching that team just as much as their coach coaches that team. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But I, I've still got this quandary, like I think I'm pulling for the Suns. I think I am, but like yeah. I still wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad if the Bucks took it because they have really fought. Yeah, I mean it's why I don't think the Suns have ever won a chip. Like ever. No, I don't think they do. I mean, look, I'm a fairly fair-weather basketball fan, but I don't think it's happened. Like, it never happened with Barkley. They've been to the finals, I think. Because didn't, I think, uh, did the Suns get beat by the by the Bulls at some point when Jordan was there? Possibly. Possibly. All right, let's just go with it, maybe. Yeah. And then, like, the Bucks haven't won since, I don't think, the 70s. So, like, yeah. I feel like either team, it's it's big. I think the reason I'm pulling for the Suns, really, is because Chris Paul's year 16 and Giannis has got years and years ahead of him. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, we, there's, I think, is there a match tonight or is it tomorrow? Yeah, it's tonight, man. It's tonight. I don't know what's, what time it is for you. It's 9, 9 p.m. our time, so it's probably like 3 in the morning for you. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I'll, so I'll basically, <laughs> I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'll watch the replay first thing in the morning. Okay. Turn um, your phone off type shit? Yeah, like uh, we've got, yeah. we've got like the league pass type thing and I just, oh, uh, okay, no. so, so you can, you, you can click a setting so it hides the scores. So you don't. Oh. So it's almost like you can experience it and, and root for it. Even though it's already happened, you can still kind of be in the moment a little bit with it. That's awesome. So, yeah, that that's be always t- the thing for me is like I forget because I'll be watching like on stream a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Like none of my friends have cable anymore. We're just streaming or whatever. And everyone's got their Disney Plus and Netflix and, and Crave up here. Right. So these different, you know, streaming services and then to watch sports where you know i'm getting feeds from australia i'm getting mm-hmm. random nba feeds and then all of a sudden it's like i don't think that i'm behind because i'm watching it feels live yeah, yeah, and yeah. then i'll get a buzz on my phone i'll be like oh someone's texting me and it's just like the result of the game and i'm like oh. <laughs> like i got like four minutes left in this game and it's tight but yeah so anyway tona <laughs> yeah it's like I, oh, we apologize listener and um, we descended into sports talk um but yeah, it's basketball so related madness i feel like it's rare that i get to have a basketball conversation yeah i mean exactly that's that's what i really came here to talk about anyway um <laughs> so like going back to like tona's voice like yes. that's 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 the only note i have for this track is i love his voice i love his delivery and again kind of going back to my previous point like i love that i can understand what he's saying you know, it's not oh, over. Yeah. It's not overproduced. You know, the the vocal isn't being like processed and squashed and and mangled. 
um, and there was a, there's a confidence in yeah it's an in- inherent confidence in him that you can't fake um, that you get from certain guys where there's this naturalness to how he raps and it's not like it's not practice because I know the guy has put paid dues mm-hmm. as much as anyone but there is this naturalness of, of Tony's voice that is just special I also feel like he's kind of one of those sneaky lyricists where sometimes you think he's being simple and those are like the biggest lines. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, it's like he can do the the rap, like the hibbity bibbities mm-hmm. <laughs> type of shit. But he's got like, he's got a lot of depth. And when he, when he writes apparent, like seemingly simple things, it's in the same way you would get from like a Scarface or, um, you know what I mean? The guys who are, are these deep guys that are more, there's this element of poetry that's like, it runs a little deeper. Also, last note on this joint, um, it's produced by, uh, this one we're going to play is produced by my boy, Boy the Count, who has probably the most fun Instagram, Twitter uh, situation you can ever find. He plays beats live and then shows how he's doing it, and he's kind of starting to pop off in that world, but he's special as a producer, and uh, definitely look up the Count. Oh, man, yeah. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll add that to the show notes, man. That's amazing. All right, so this track is? Uh, this track is Good Energy. Tona. Produced by the count. Let's get it. Evil, that's me out here just telling myself, nigga, I don't need you. If the homie heart ain't pure, how can I lead you? Straight illiterate every time, how I misread you. A nigga can't just coast through life. Ass backwards, I've been wrong in these rights. With no regards to no wife. We want these bloggers love captions. Hyping all the bullshit and wanna cry to Alright, so following on from Tona, who's up next? Uh this next artist named Super Drama Go, who is a singer rapper from toronto uh in the trend of friends he is another good friend of mine um who i will eventually have music come out with but we've done a ton of stuff actually we have music out together what i'm talking about it's just been a while mm-hmm. uh, we had a joint called cold cheese pizza and another one that's name is escaping me right now because i'm bad at this kind of stuff <laughs> um but he's probably uh speaking of like podcasts that guy should run one uh he's one of the most insightful speakers about music and about pretty much anything you want to bring up with him of anyone i've ever met his levels of nerdism approach my own well for me it was it was comic books and for him it's things like transformers um and 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 podcast culture legitimately he's he's kind of one of those guys who is very up but he doesn't uh he thinks incredibly deeply on what he's doing and i'm happy to see him become the artist that he's becoming i hear i it's it's when when you happen upon someone like that who maybe holds court but just speaks with authority but it's it's not because there's an ego it's because they're passionate and it 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 really sort of pulls you in i had exactly the same thing so um we went to the the van store in london and there's, there's there's like a counter where you can get customized sneakers where the the artist will just draw stuff and you can buy them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my buddy that I walked in with knew the the artist and they get automatically into this big conversation about comic books and there's a new Alien comic book because okay. because Marvel now own Fox or whoever originally produced Alien so now that they they can start uh, recreating the stories and all this and. I'm literally sitting in on this conversation and then it digresses into like other movies and sci-fi and we literally we walked out of there and I said to my buddy Matt I was just like if that conversation was a podcast I would subscribe and I would listen to every episode that dude was incredible yeah so, 
So that's, it's, and that, that's the thing. It's like, I feel like some people have it. Like you can kind of hit it right on the head there where it's like, it's weird how when you walk in on a conversation that you're like, oh, why can't I subscribe to you, you my friend? <laughs> like, I just want to like, can you just tap your phone conversations with your random friends and I'll just listen to it? Um, and that, that's the thing too, like even us talking right now, like I, I'll do my best to always be as natural as I can, but like, there's a level of this where it's like, I'm still very aware of how I sound versus if I was just calling you on the phone, we were kicking it, I'd be talking over you more and being like, oh, my bad, man. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And then like, there's just a little bit more naturalness in that stuff. So, I mean, th- this is the kind of song that I have to make a bit more effort to get into. Like, I, 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 it doesn't grab me and I don't go, what's that? I have to sort of sit and listen and kind of find a way in because I, I really haven't been sure about the sort of sing-rap kind of approach. Yeah. But I did enjoy this. I think it's because because he does, he does kind of, there are moments when he's, doing like a more conventional flow and like a delivery and then he actually uses his vocal and i'd be interested to know when that started happening like because i've not started yeah sorry not to cut you off there just like are you talking about in general yeah like in like in general like when when did that start to be a thing because usually i mean you know you know going back years like the mc was was almost spoken word and if they wanted a vocal they got a singer in, you know, and it was a collaboration. But now you've got a lot of guys who are doing both sides of it. I think that, like, it's weird. I was talking to this with uh, some of my, my friends who are younger guys than me about Gangstar um, in the late 90s when they were doing, they did this song called Royalty on their album, Moment of Truth, with it's featuring Casey and JoJo, who are R&B singers. And that when that happened, there was like a there was an actual backlash about from people who consider themselves hip hop purists or whatever you want to be about like, nah, that's whack, that's R and B. You shouldn't you shouldn't connect these two things. There's some dudes singing, and it's weird because like the guys who are saying that typically aren't the guys who are creating the music. It's like fans who might have like this is what this is, and they kind of have a rigid. You'll see that in a lot of genres in, in film as well, where people have a rigid idea of what something is supposed to be rather than kind of letting it be fluid, which is in my mind just kind of how art is all of the time mm-hmm. um but like that's been kind of it was a weird thing and then you saw guys like ja rule who did like pretty much every song would be like a you know a, with a r&b singer on it and then he got kicked out by 50 and then everything 50 did started having an r&b singer on it you know what i mean but he sang and he was like kind of like one of the forebears of the melody guys i feel like when kanye did 808s and heartbreak um, where he's singing with crazy auto-tune on the whole time on mm-hmm. for a whole album. And he's a guy that on paper, at least then, couldn't sing, quote-unquote. Yeah. He ended up opening the floodgates, and then you see guys like Wiz Khalifa and Drake, and then from there it became really, like, standard. And now we're at a point where it's, like, a lot of most, I would almost say, like, most popular pop rap songs that are crossover songs like that the rapper is like sing rapping mm-hmm. guys like 24 carat and and whoever's like the hot guy right now but it's like drake's whole career is built on the fact that he can do both and he's so good at emoting yeah and talking about things that are vulnerable and maybe it's not as deep as some of like the kanye stuff where he's like it's pretty visceral feeling um that the, his, that comfortability of going to a place that's vulnerable has like let a lot of people in and made people kind of relate to him and, and creates like a longevity in the music 
but I don't know. For one, I'm happy about it. Uh, I like I like that there's the option to do both. Like, because there's definitely songs that I, I listen to a lot of guys like uh, Griselda who are like pretty like aggressively rap, traditional rap guys mm -hmm. who are just lyricists, have bars, good voices. They might, like one of them sings a little bit, you know what I mean? But it's not really on the same tip. Like if I'm singing on some of my stuff, I'm actually singing. Sometimes I rap sing. Sometimes I don't sing at all. Mm -hmm. But I just like the fact that there's a lane and there's like an open there's an openness from today's public to kind of be like i like this and i might also like this like that feels better yeah i mean i think i think for me from 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 my experience with it so far because like i said i've not dedicated much time to listening to the to the people who do it yeah but I, I think the thing is like it's like okay the the the, the singing is fine but like if if it's if the overall track has too much production where they, yeah. it's just where it's so busy and there's so many layers that's that's possibly the, the breaking point where I kind of back away but but that's what I like about this Super Dramago track is that it's it isn't too much like there's there, there is enough space for his vocal to sort of shine through and it's not squashed down by by too many elements yeah i i think the interesting thing about drama is that he's got a really great rap sensibility in general like he can really rap and when he started singing uh it kind of surprised a lot of people around here with like oh you have a voice like and he can sing live and he's exactly the same mm -hmm. so it's like one of those guys that like he's just kind of I'm sure he was working on it, but for me as a friend, I was kind of like, there was this weird overnight, like, wow, like you have a whole new skill set. Um, and what I liked about him, like we're talking about kind of like the, this level of going deep with him is like, this stuff was, it comes from another song that he like heard, he heard the song, immediately knew what he wanted to do, uh, you know, dropped the sample and it's of another singer. And then he's kind of rapping on top of that, but it's kind of throughout the whole song. You know what I mean? There's a say. Run, 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 oh, oh. Right, and I'm not, I'm not gonna sing this quote the song because I don't know that song well enough to do it. Uh, but uh, I just love the fact that he was kind of like, I'm just gonna do this. This is some creative, creative stuff, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it. I'm allowed to swear. Yeah, it's some creative shit, and he's gonna do it. Um, so like, I feel like that, like I said, like there's, there. If you listen through more of the stuff, there's some stuff that he's got coming through the pipeline that is very very r&b right like multi-part songs that's very r&b and then you can go back and find joints of him that are just like a whole mixtape that he did when i first met him he did a mixtape called domino jones um and it was it, the whole thing was basically powered by jones cola and and domino's pizza and he was just like <laughs> let's call this shit domino jones and he did like 20 songs you know what i mean and that's like how i kind of got to know him i'm like this guy can rap and he's just like about it like he just kind of is in the moment and 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 does what he feels and and for me that's like such a big thing that i like about artists is just like are you 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 know what yeah. i mean are you are you not afraid to be yourself do you have something to say that's unique and if you're going to do it how are you presenting it in a way that's kind of unique i'd rather listen to somebody who's like original than someone who's like technically sound yeah you know what i mean and i feel like drama goes got both of those things for me but that's that's always my shit. I'd rather listen to something kind of experimental than there's a lot of rappers who'll be like surprised that I don't listen to guys who rap exactly like me or in mm -hmm. my wheelhouse of, of shit. And I'm kind of like, I can do that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather listen to somebody who does something I can't do and kind of soak up game and like be a fan of them rather than listen to someone who might come from the same lineage of rappers. You know, I, mean, I grew up on listening to like Feral Munch and, and guys like that. So I'm my rhyme structures are a certain way and like everyone's involved or, or has like people they kind of came up listening to. But I, I get more wowed from from guys like Cameron. You know what I mean? Or, you know, from guys who like do things that I can't do or I aspire to do that are that are for me writing something poignant uh, that's super simple is a lot harder than writing something that rhymes a billion places. Yeah. Because at a certain point, I was just like, oh, that's easy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. So this is uh, this is Super Drama Go. And the song is called Safe. But I saw no fear. It safe around here. But she still got the whole dog. All right, so moving on from Super Dramago, who we listen to now? Uh, so this is an artist from Toronto that I admire greatly. We've spoken a couple times, but I would know, I, I wouldn't say we're, we're friends per se. Um, they go by the name uh, DJ SB. Uh, and have sort of seen like kind of a big climb in the last year or so. Uh, they got supported and, and uh, retweeted by Kid Cudi from doing an at-home COVID concert. Um, and like, I can't think of a person who's kind of deserves it more from here in the sense of just, as soon as I heard Deja's music, I was kind of like, okay, like this is resonating with me in like a very real level where there was kind of these elements of house music uh and the raps like i said were like it's not insanely technical raps as much as it's like perfectly in the pocket you're the exact right voice for this you know exactly what to do with your voice like the definition of an artist that has really found themselves it felt like um they're not they're non-binary which is also great and something you're seeing more and more in, in rap mm -hmm. uh, but toronto's got a big community of that uh, of, of artists that support each other who are non-binary and, and it's really nice to see someone getting shine who deserves it in that world uh, because for a long time there's been a lot of stigmas across music to people that don't, don't fit in a particular box um, and I, I don't know I just feel like uh, DJ I could have picked a lot of songs this one is one that when it came out it came out as an album cut and mm -hmm. I just put it on repeat for several days in a row <laughs> and then there was like, they're saying, hey, we're gonna have a video. And I was like, word, do that. Cause this is like my favorite song of the year from Toronto. And Amazing. so even though we're not tight friends in that regard, I really felt like um, for the level of fandom I have for this joint, I really would have felt amiss if I didn't put it on here. Cause it's my joint. Okay. So this is? Uh, this is Broke Boy Anthem. You got a $5 bill, put your hand up. You got a $20 bill, put your hand up. You got a $100 bill, put your hand up. And if your hands down, then get your cash up. You got a $5 bill, put your hand up. You got a $20 bill, put your hand up. You got a $100 bill, put your hand up. And if your hands down... All right, so following on from DJSB, you've got a track by an artist that Dave Murhidge picked for his mixtape. Did he pick this song? He didn't pick this song. He picked a different one, but he picked this okay. artist. I think he actually started with this guy. So who's this? Oh, it's Robbie. So this is uh, Rob GF, and it's a crew called Gabagool Gang. Uh, and Rob GF uh, is a rapper that has been kind of... I, 
say singer as well, he's really an artist. He's a pretty wild creative, uh, but he's like sort of like a little brother figure for me from when he was much younger um, in his teen years and has really kind of come into his own as a pretty visceral, uh, brilliant creative to me. Um, and he's in a group here, Gabagool Gang, uh, with a guy named Bronze, who is probably like the closest, like he's, he's my brother, you know what I mean? And, and uh, my previous groups, uh, BDRC, uh, Notes to Self, the groups that I kind of came up rapping in, uh, and now Schwing, which is a collaboration of us, uh, BDRC, and the, an Australian producer by the name of Plutonic Lab. Um, Bronze has been in all of those. And he's not only been in all of those, he's kind of steered the ship on all of those projects. Uh, he's one of the most unheraldedly incredible uh, music producers you'll ever hear. Uh, it's one of those guys that if you dig deep, there's a lot that he's done. Um, in, in a kind of a perpetual innovator, um, someone that when I call myself a self-described idea man, I get all of that from him mm -hmm. um, in just terms of never looking at something in a traditional light, never wanting to be exactly what's been, been done before and always you know, putting your best foot forward in terms of like being being experimental, being creative for the sake of. And also someone who pays a lot of dues in terms of paying homage to artists uh, that we grew up loving. Yeah. And the difference between like, maybe like biting an artist and really like tipping your hat to an artist with music. Um, so these guys came together. Uh, they met through me originally uh, and kind of immediately hit it off. And I remember at the time being kind of almost intimidated by how well they got along. Yep. they were like my little brother and my big brother yeah um and they got to a, a place where they started making music together um and it's been really special um they kind of linked up on their mutual italian heritage which is where gabagool gang comes from mm -hmm. the gabagool um but this is more of a more of a, a song that i'd say kind of like has pop inclinations that push almost edgy boy band shit. Okay. meets rap music and I fucking love this song yeah I was listening to it and because the because the musical arrangement is fairly chilled out yeah and and you've got the sort of the auto-tune running through the vocal but there's there's a little element of harshness to it where yeah. it's it's almost ever so slightly distorted yeah and it kind of it it what it because it, it kind of jars with how smooth the the music is but it really makes the vocal stand out. I think that that's one of my favorite things about what Rob does uh, as, an, as, an, as an artist is there's kind of like, you can't take the pain out of him. Like no matter what he does, there is a level of like harshness or distortion or mm -hmm. slurring when he's saying what he's saying that just kind of makes anything he does, even if it's beautiful, it comes off as kind of this like, rugged version of something that's beautiful and i really admire that about him it's something that like i think a lot of artists aspire to be able to do and it comes off corny and for him it's like second nature it's just kind of something that he is real to him um but yeah i, I love that and he's another guy both these guys are guys that have a lot of range in terms of what they can produce um rob also produces a ton of his own music i think they did this one together if i'm not mistaken okay so this is uh this is sparkle express with the alternate name, Like I Never Did. I think it's really called Like I Never Did, but I like it called Sparkle Express.
All right, so moving on from Gabagool Gang, who we listen to now? Uh, we're listening to my homeboy Bojay, uh, featuring a guy named Tremaine, uh, Stay Out Late. Uh, he's another artist who lives here. I think he's originally from actually Ottawa, uh, which is the capital of Canada, um, but moved here um, as a man and has kind of flourished here in the scene. Yeah, he's, he's kind of like the definition of an artist that like does not follow rap rules. Mm-hmm. Like he's very much not concerned with what's popping right now as much as he's concerned with where he's going. Um, and I admire him greatly for that. It's really easy to say, I just want to be different. A lot of guys will say that and then they're going to just basically copy someone who's kind of alt rap. Yeah. Um, Boje is a guy that like, he's really musical. He came up playing, being the rapper in live bands and kind of learned how to perform along alongside of musicians before he was playing. Uh, he's kind of become a producer now and a, a good one. He does most of the things on his in his camp himself, so he's going to be engineering for himself as well. And as a writer, I just feel like uh, he's he's great. Uh, he's got a good rap voice. He's kind of got this staggering style with his raps, where he can hit different pockets, and he's kind of you know perpetually intentionally late mm-hmm. a lot of the time when he's rapping, and it's super pleasing in my ear. Um, and this joint we're going to play. Um, is is a pretty great example of that and also you know i like to pay pay homage or homage or however you want to pronounce it i like to give respect to the artist that came before and this is a huge nod to uh one of the greatest in new york history odb so this is this is odb by Boje and tremaine produced by junior t I bring light to all of my rhymes. Ah! they thought i would never make it out but that's fine <laughs> Boje, hold on, let me stun a lot of these fuck niggas. Man, just last week, none of these niggas would have fucked with us. Now they worship the ground that we walk on. Life after death, I was king of the dead like Osiris. I'm fucking the city, no kind of... So following on from Boje and Tremaine, your next track is by the person who produced the last one. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Junie T, uh, he's from... Mississauga, which is uh, a city just west of, uh, of Toronto, mm-hmm. but still one of the biggest cities in Canada in its own right. Uh, I, I met Junior T from throwing shows together when we were teenagers um, and kind of instantly took a shine to him. Junior's um, a multi-instrumentalist who came up as a beat maker and rapper. Uh, he, he came up listening to a lot of, uh, a lot of artists out of Detroit which have kind of a, a particular sound, sound like the, the Dillist style of artists. Um, and as he got older, uh, kind of never, never losses his, um, his, his what's, the thing, what's the word, his bright-eyed, bushy-tailed attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never met a person who didn't like him. And I've met a lot of people who know him. He's one of the most universally loved people I've ever met. Uh, He's, his ability to just be about the music, be in the studio for however long it takes is unrivaled. Um, he kind of uh, caught a big break in terms of uh, his own career from an artist from Toronto named Jesse Reyes, who's pretty massively popular right now. He's her DJ and music coordinator. Uh, and so he's on the road with, with her a lot, um, which definitely opened up doors in terms of meeting pe- people. But he put out an album called Studio Monk that was a couple of years 
excuse me, a couple of years um, in making. And uh, a lot of it is featuring artists out of Chattanooga and then a bunch of artists from here. And he's created these kind of inroads to different communities uh, that he can access whenever he needs. Uh, and the thing is, Junior could make a lot of this music on his own. I feel like that's not a slight to the artists on it. I just think he's that good. But one thing that's always been really important to him is is that sense of community, is putting on other artists. The idea was if he won an award for it, 30 people would win an award for it. And I think that's fucking beautiful as a sentiment. I was literally just going to say exactly that. Um, kind of like we were saying before about like if someone's if someone's sort of moving forward, they want to bring other people along. Like mm-hmm. that, um, that unashamed inclusivity, you know. That yeah, exactly. It's just... I wish there was more of it because there's... Oh, so do I. He's like, he's like the definition of what I feel like music sessions should be like. Um, go to, going to going to session with Junior is like, it doesn't matter where the studio is. It doesn't matter who else is there. Everyone is going to feel incredibly encouraged, comfortable, and blessed not to just be with him. But it always feels like when I meet people in studios with him, we become tight. Mm-hmm. Um and it's partially just because this guy is such a lovely human being that there's a real cosign. And also, he's such a talented fucker that it's just like, you're kind of like, oh, you must be great, too, if you're here. Yeah. And yeah. he has the ability to really bring a lot of the best stuff out of people in that yeah. regard. There's there's pockets of that. The nearest city to me is Birmingham. Okay. Uh, and really multicultural city. You know, the home of metal. So, you know, there's there's a lot of rock and roll, There's but there's there's a lot of punk and jazz and so and back when I used to play um, so like I, I used to do like a loop pedal thing where I would pl- you know just sort of play loads of different instruments into the pedal and do stuff over the top Yeah. and it started off as a sort of a way to add more depth to like singer songwriter stuff but I accidentally started doing some hip hop stuff <laughs> it started off as a joke and it got out of hand um, and uh there's this. There used to be this amazing jazz bar in Birmingham called the Yardbird. Like, okay. yeah. place place was legit. You know, brick wall at the back, slightly Sick. dingy, dark bar, and you would walk yeah. by and hear the most amazing music come out of this place. And I, I was just like, oh man, it would be amazing to play there one day. And this mm-hmm. guy had like a like a residency where he would basically put a, a music festival on every Sunday. You know, he would start in the sort of late afternoon and it would go right the way to a closing and he would just have so many artists. And the first time I ever got to play there, I, you know, I did a couple of sort of, sort of, I would beatbox the beat into the loop pedal and I would drop a bass line in and do all this goofy shit. And this, this girl was like, yes, she was just, she was like, she fully like, like backed me. She was like, that's the, that's it. And like we were instant friends. Her name's Unique Brown, and okay. I still I still keep an eye on her now. And she's always collaborating with people, and she's always traveling to these other European countries to collaborate with, you know, musicians in all these different places, which a lot of people don't do. They stay in their own bubble and they stay in their own city. So mm-hmm. like it always impresses me when you see that willingness to sort of collaborate and and go further. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. I, and again, like it's just like that that freedom of being able to point at someone and just appreciate somebody. It's it's that, and it's like the ability to give someone their roses while they're here, mm-hmm. give them the flowers. Um, it's weird in music and in arts how we have this kind of 
you know, a person can kind of get old and stale and then they die and then everyone's like, they're insane. They're so good. And it's like, well, they're, they were alive a week ago. Like tell them then yeah. when they can experience it. And I feel like there's a really big strength that comes from being able to not only admit someone's greatness, but to encourage it. And it's empowering to yourself because it becomes less of a competition and more of a, like an us thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like that a lot of people don't give love to artists, not because they're bad, but because they're intimidated by them. Or maybe they're, they're worried about if I show love and they don't show it back, then I'm going to come off like I'm, like I'm a fanboy of this guy. And it's just like, it's, it doesn't matter, man. Like yeah. if I reach out to an artist and tell them they're great, the expectation is typically not like, let's get in the studio. It's like, I just think you're great. I just and want you to know. eventually if we become friends, we get in the studio. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, you know, there's not necessarily an int- a vested interest in like, I'm slow playing you. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, just be be yourself and be able to, you know, enjoy the enjoy music. Yeah, it's man. a big world out there. I'm a, I'm a big believer in we, not me. You oh, know. snap, bro. Patent that. Put that on a t-shirt, bro. bro. There you go. Do it, do it. Put on t-shirts. All right. So, so this track by Junior T is. Uh, it's featuring Milo Smith, uh, and the joint is called 4 a.m. in Toronto. And if you're from Toronto, you say Toronto or Toronto. You don't say Toronto. Okay. It's a little tidbit of information for your listeners in the Birmingham surrounding areas. When the streets get cold, my niggas outside. All right, so, so moving on from Junior T, who's up next? Okay, so next is uh, one of my best friends, uh, Tim North, uh, who I have a lot of collaborations with. Um, some out, some are impossible to find because they're that old. Uh, and this song is featuring Cam Hunter, who used to be in a group called uh, Down With Webster, which was kind of an iconic Toronto group and is now in a group called Honors, um, which sort of stemmed from that group, but is much more mature music. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both rapper-singers. They're both kind of in that pop rap singing lane. Both of them can really rap. Uh, and I felt like I wanted to do this partially because they're both on it, and I'm trying to get more of my people on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because also I just kind of love this this, uh, this video and the vibe of what the song was about, which is kind of being not okay, kind of in some ways maybe deeply depressed or having rough times, but talking about it's okay because when I get out there I'm, and I'm partying or when I'm out there drinking, I'm going to be fine again. And it's this wonderful writing of like, putting something off, which is like not healthy, but is incredibly common, uh, especially in, in my crowd of people where people are like, yeah, I'm just going to go do this thing. And then you might feel like you're better because you went out and you got drunk and you had an epic night. Are you actually better? Like, probably not. <laughs> but yeah, there's what I like about that is there's a, you know, they're kind of, there's a, there's a, uh, romanticize, thing of like this, this thing that's kind of bad for you. Yeah. This kind of, it's like, okay, well, I'll deal with that later. I'm going to actually have a good time right now. Yeah. You know, which is a skill set. I shouldn't say that it's all negative. It's like, there's definitely like benefits of being able to like compartmentalize and go have a good time. Cause I'm definitely the opposite of that. A lot of the time where it's like something happens that's hard on me. And then if I like go and have drinks or something with the homies, I'm going to be like, 
a shitty guy to hang out with that night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna take it out on you, but I'm gonna be sad and in my feelings and I won't think of much else. And like, I kind of admire people that could just go and turn that off. Whereas like, I have a hard time doing that unless I'm in a very overall good space. Yeah, I think I think we're probably all guilty of putting things off because we maybe don't know how to process it in the moment. Yeah, for sure. But but yeah, it's it, there's an element of like, switch that off, do this thing, have the experience because that thing isn't going anywhere. That, that thing's gonna yeah. be waiting for me when I get home, so. I'll just deal with it then. Yeah, that's a pretty good way of putting it. All right, so way go. so this track is. Oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> I hit the liquor and come alive. This joint's called "Come Alive" by Tim North and Cam Hunter. So moving on from Tim North and Cam Hunter, who are we listening to now? Okay, we're listening to who I think would probably be the best young artist in Canada, or maybe because of, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll tie it up because I feel like that's not fair to my homeboy, Rob. Uh, although Claremont's a bit younger, so maybe he just gets the nod for that reason. This is Claremont II. Uh, he's a Toronto artist uh, who self-produces all his own music. Is one of the most brilliant young uh, writers as a rapper I've heard. Uh, great cadence great voice great pocket when he raps he shoots his own music videos he makes his own aesthetic i have a jacket over there that he designed for fuck's sake this guy is just like and he's also what i love about him is he's not pretentious which is like you have a lot of creatives who live it like that yeah yeah are kind of the kind of people that you're like man i want to like this guy but fuck this guy whereas this guy is like i want to like this guy and i fucking love this guy uh i think he's absolutely brilliant it was hard he's another one of these guys who it's kind of hard to pick a song so i tried to take something a little bit more recent um but has been killing it since he was literally like 17 years old in toronto i remember hearing him for the first time and being like how old is this kid like what mm -hmm. like breaks my brain like i could write when i was 17 i couldn't perform i couldn't do any of that stuff i had music out but it wasn't like what it is now it took me a long time to get to that point um so yeah i feel I, I got so much love for this kid. We have a song coming out, me, him, and Tim North from the last song, which is called Ketchup Chips, which is a common bag of crisps in uh, in Canada. <laughs> yeah, well, we uh, you know, we, we, ha we have had ketchup-flavored crisps here in the UK. Yeah? I can't remember the name of it. There, there was... Was I feel like the closest thing you guys had is the Walker's prawn cocktail that kind of tastes like them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, there, there was another Walker's derivative. It, it had like a kind of character on the on the bag. I can't quite place it. And it and they weren't they weren't like normal crisps. They were almost like these kind of almost tube type things. But they were, <laughs> oh yo yeah, yeah they're like uh, fake fries, right? Yeah 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 yeah. But they're like puffed and stuff. Yeah, I kind of like those things. I was kind of weirded out by them though. Because when I had them, I was always like, I just want fries, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know what else to say about this guy. Is that he's just a brilliant young creative. Um, well, I mean, the thing that I loved about this. Yeah, actually, let's talk. I want to hear, to be honest, because we skipped on one or two. I would love to hear what you think about ODB as well and Come Alive. But go ahead on this. Well, Come Alive, I thought there was a darkness to it. Yeah. So 
and 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 I'm a sucker for a sad song or or something that's maybe a little bit maudlin. Um, I, I've you know I've I've written a fair few of my own. Um, so oh, like sad boy things. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> my like is you know I mean this we're getting off topic, but I, I like years ago I took the summer off work and I went around the yeah. UK playing like the open mic circuit, just like acoustic kind of gigs. Shit, might go do it, baby. And basically like sofa surfing, like staying with friends in different cities. It was fucking amazing because I was fairly recently single at the time. Um, and I. Uh, I learned pretty early on that if you play too many ex-girlfriend songs, people will stop listening because you're being too sad. So I had to start writing some like upbeat, kind of more optimistic music because people were fucking switching off, and that wasn't the point of like <laughs> you know doing the trip. So there's weird stuff of like if someone knows your music and they're expecting it, like you can get that you can get away with that. But if you're playing for like an open mic crowd and you're like, guess what? I'm sad. They're like, who the fuck, Mike? Like, Play that song you wrote with Roche about the fridge. <laughs> it's just you, you, people like one people would switch off and two people would come up to me afterwards and go, is everything okay? <laughs> you're like, no. No, it's not. <laughs> but, Sleeping on a couch. It's not a pullout. I was it was mislabeled. But but the the thing about Claremont that I like and and I'm I'm even more impressed that he, he's produced it himself is that I am a sucker for a piano loop and I also really love the bass line. Yeah. So like He's got a great sensibility, yeah, in general. Um but I'm I'm happy to hear that, man. I'm happy to hear that most of the playlists is actually I guess all the playlists is resonating with you. It's just kind of some songs that are out of your wheelhouse, so to speak. Yeah, like I just need to spend more time with them, you know, because like I'm so stuck in my ways. And part of the reason behind doing mixtapes is that people bring the music to me and then I get to go a little bit deeper. Um, so there's, you know, there's there's artists that I've been kind of turned on to. Like last week's guest actually had to reschedule. So last week I put out a, a compilation where I talked to a handful of previous guests and one random guy on stereo uh, and they each picked two tracks that they're into right now and this guy that I spoke to on stereo picked a track by a guy called Corday who I hadn't heard of before but yeah Corday's dope and and for all the reasons I've talked about I get a little bit sort of nervous when someone recommends like a contemporary hip hop artist because like oh god is it going to be that overproduced thing that that I'm not aligned with or is it going to be but this Corday track was like everything I love about hip hop I think he did a cut with Common recently because I remember my brother my older brother who was in my old rap group knows the self he'll send me music uh, a lot of like every once in a while on on IG or whatever and he'll and he sent me a Corday song I think he he maybe was just finding out about him and I I, again I'm not like a huge I don't know the body of work really but I know him enough about him to be like oh you're dope I like your music and he sent me something that was like pretty great and i think he kind of has that um that base of like had, like respecting the history of rap you know what i mean <laughs> whereas like i shouldn't say that that's not universally the case but there's definitely like a he's the student of previous guys that we probably came up listening to yeah you know yeah I mean? yeah so like it's, it's yeah. interesting you say that he's done st- stuff with common because that he was the guy that i compared him to when i described the track to a friend i was just like it's, it sounds like the sort of thing you would get from someone like Common. 
Common Man had a run, man. He was uh, from when I first started rapping to like 2006, he was probably like my favorite rapper of all time. It was just, I think, when he started doing more movie roles and kind of getting away from, um, uh, you know, where he was at musically. I think it sometimes it's, it just maybe stopped uh, landing with me. Uh, but again, like I, I root for the guy a lot, like tremendously. And mm -hmm. it's also like, I don't know how much you need from an artist if you have like six albums that you're like in love with from someone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, go do your thing. Be, in t be on TV, Common. I'm happy for you. Yeah, I mean... Like there's there's always that thing like oh why can't you go back to doing that thing that was great yeah. you know like you, you hear a lot of people say that about Kanye like like go go back to like that amazingly produced sort of hip hop you know but they, they can't do the same thing year in year out and be creatively fulfilled they obviously have to go out and do something different that challenges them and stimulates them in a different way. And it, we just have to like it or lump it. I think that that's, that's really what it is. Like, you can, like, people, artists got to make music that they like. They have to be, in, they have to enjoy it. I mean, otherwise, you're just kind of doing fan service. And it's like, there's a, there's a great Jay-Z line where he goes, like, haters want my old shit. Buy my old album. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like there you go it's like he did that already like let a man live you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah if we're talking about doing the same thing again and again and again like it's not it's not really worth anyone's while um but like i i don't know i just feel like if you have that kind of greatness that run like kanye is a great example of like guy has been making transcendently good music for a very long time if you don't align with him I mean, if you don't align with them politically, that's a, you know, it's a much different story. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you don't align with them musically these days, it's like, you don't have to listen to this new shit. You know what I mean? It's like, I didn't, when, when 808s and Heartbreaks came out, I wasn't like a fan of that album. I was, it was crazy forward thinking for me. And mm -hmm. I was, I was late on it, like really late. And now with how common it is to sing with heavy autotune like that, I go back, listen to that. And it's like a spectacularly good album. But, you know, you're not always going to be there. I remember, like, every time Outkast would put on a new album, I'd be like, this is good. But I had this, I, I'd learned from listening to them that, like, two years later, I would get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that happened to kind of be the case. You know, that's kind of Kanye's wave now. It's like he's doing stuff. Like, when he did Yeezus, it's like there wasn't anything like that out there. Yeah, uh, totally ahead of the curve and you're kind of waiting yeah. on everyone else to kind of catch up. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's interesting because Claremont almost sounds like the same kind of guy in that he's doing it all himself he's producing it all himself he's kind of self-made uh, in a lot of ways wouldn't surprise me if he came out with some weird fashion idea that we've never thought of before and we're <laughs> felt uncomfortable about <laughs> like you know what i mean assless like, chaps like, really yeah i know but they're on their way man just get ready um fuck assless chaps they seem kind of comfortable in some ways <laughs> Like you want to cool off? Yeah, well, yeah. Like, we've, we, we've both been sat in our respective rooms just, like, dabbing our foreheads because we're overheating. Maybe if something was <laughs> hanging out, we wouldn't be overheating. It's true, man. <laughs> All I right. Mean, assless chaps need to be, like, combined with other things, though, like, cooled <laughs> off, cooled seats. I don't know if Claremont's going to thank us for connecting him to the assless chap, but there's... I feel some... like he won't. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be where I lose him as a friend. Uh... <laughs> I don't think he's going to be the one to bring us assless chaps per se, but I definitely think that 
uh, I almost expect him to do stuff that like, cause he's already kind of doing things that I haven't heard. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I said, like what you look for as an artist is like the, the creative ability to go places that people aren't going. And I think that he's got that in spades. Um, so I think that like wherever he ends up, he ends up go taking it is, is, isn't going to be one place. It's not ever going to be a stagnant water situation. All right. So this Claremont track is interesting. All right. So moving on from Claremont, who are we listening to now? Yeah, so uh, the next joint we're getting into, which is I guess the last joint, and then there's kind of an uh, we did like a little, uh, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't knock it down to to, to just ten. Yeah, you so you know you you've bent the rules because you say that, that your last track is going to be an honorable mention, but 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 I feel like I mean it's 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 a it's a it's secretly just a mention, <laughs> but it's the le it's the furthest away from kind of the sound of the rest of this i'd say okay but, um, but and i wanted to kind of bookend it with it's a shame from gnome which is like a neo soul song and another last song which we'll get into shortly which is a punk rock song okay um but before that so before that this next song is by my group schwing which is my group bbrc who are based in toronto canada and plutonic lab who is a producer multi-instrumentalist that is based in melbourne australia uh, we have two songs and videos out um, right now that came out a couple years ago. You can check out, and we have a full-length album that we'll be dropping later in the year this year. Okay, so like obviously a very different sort of approach compared to Kodiak Moments, which is the first time I ever heard your music. Yeah. So, so I mean, so so how long has Schwing? been going so what's how did it come about started because there's there's a very it's weird it's a weird story uh that goes back actually probably a decade plus um back in the era of myspace when you could actually message artists and they sometimes got back to you uh -huh. i was reaching out to artists that were big in different regions and one of the artists was uh was a group at a melbourne called hilltop hoods who are far and away the biggest rap group in the history of australia uh, I had no idea how big they were at the time. I just kind of like an idiot messaged them and they actually took the time to listen and wrote back and they liked our beats from my group. I was in notes to self. Uh, and that ended up turning into a meeting with them when they came to Toronto. I came to a show and it was like insane and everyone was going crazy and they had to kind of like sneak me in to like talk to me briefly. And that was probably the first time that I met Pluto, who was was and is the drummer for that group hilltop hoods uh and pluto sort of as we i mean i to be honest i might have met him there but we didn't put it together until the next time they came around and it was one of these things where these guys are big enough that in australia they're playing stadiums mm -hmm. uh in canada they play big music halls so they're very like you can they can they're big here but not in the same regard they're super absolute rock stars at home uh so we we'd get out and play we played shows with them uh, but we all kind of just became friendly and would hang out and we started kicking it with their drummer Pluto who's kind of an OG to them he was in a, another rap group in the in the mid 90s and he's uh, an absolute killer of a rap producer and uh, he got very you know tight with Bronze who's the producer of my group uh, so Notes to Self became BBRC Bronze is the same producer through that and 
Pluto has kind of subsequently been making his own solo material um, as, a, as a producer and featuring other artists. And one of the artists that he wanted to feature on an album he did was us, was BBRC, and we did a song called Sliced Bread. And Sliced Bread did pretty good in Australia. It kind of charted on Triple J, which is a, a big radio station there for kind of like the indie music scene. Um, and people liked us. And to be honest, we had a lot of fun making the music and Pluto was the rare artist that everyone in my group liked. Cause often when you're working in a group, it's like, oh, I like this rapper. And it's like, ah, he's cool. And it's not really everyone's cup of tea. Whereas Pluto was actually a producer, which is even harder because we have a great in-house producer that mm -hmm. was super good. And beyond that, dynamically different from what Bronze was doing. And so when they started making music together as a production team, we ended up creating this really interesting sound that's like, wow, rooted in very early golden era hip hop, like golden age, like 80s, early 90s type stuff. Uh, the raps we were doing were incredibly forward thinking and we were rapping about Kiehl's products and, and, we, and like, you know, everything from fucking, you know, Elon Musk to, uh, you know, you know, hunting and foraging to be <laughs> all the different ways you can make money in, in today's society and like wow, weird shit. So I felt like it was this kind of beautiful marriage of like traditional hip hop values with a completely updated, really ear candy heavy, like new sonics kind of situation, not just lyrically, but also in the terms of like the sounds we're using, mm -hmm. but still keeping it rap because that's where everyone kind of comes from inherently. Uh, and I'm really excited for people to hear the project. I feel like it's kind of like, I've, nev I've never really heard anything like it, especially from a production standpoint. Um, and it's some of the more interesting shit I've ever been involved in in my life. Um, so we have two songs out. One's called Schwing, Lock It Down, which is kind of our homage to Hot For Teacher. Or, uh, you know what I mean? Maybe like Stacy's Mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very classic white people songs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then and then our... Uh, our next song on it is called Anybody, which is what we're going to play here, uh, which is just kind of dirty drums, dirty bass, rapping for rapping's sake, and hope you like it. That was that was one of the main notes. Is like I I, I, I love the distorted bass line. Oh, that shit is hard, bro. Like wait, wait, like when whenever you get a well produced trap that's got like a really dirty distorted bass guitar in it, it oh, it's so good. Yeah, man. I feel like um, I should have just said this is dirty bass rap. We could have just left it at that. <laughs> no, I, like, you, my, my favorite DJ format track is a track called Here Comes the Fuzz. It's an Got a DJ format. That's the homie, too. Mate, he's coming on. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah. Like a, I get abdominal on this shit, man. So, like, I, I, I sort of messaged him a while ago on Insta. Um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do it. And um, he sent me his playlist. Uh, but he, we're, because the whole thing of the show is that I share the mixtape on Apple Music and Spotify. But Format hates those streaming platforms. So I was like, okay, yeah. well, let's just talk, let's just talk about the music. And I won't share your mixtape on there. But we'll we'll shout out different record shops in the UK, and and we'll just use it as an exercise in promoting buying physical music. And I was just like, yeah, I'm in so that's so dope and great yeah format i've met i've met briefly he's tighter with my friends we're really uh, my group was, came up with abdominal who's a rapper from toronto who oh did man i would love to talk work. to him hey man uh, you want i'll just link it up bro 
Oh that's my what we're god. We're doing here, right? Holy you shit. You want to talk to Ab? That's easy. That would be amazing. Sisif is also another rapper that worked with him a lot from here. Yeah, He's yeah, a, yeah. A really good friend. Yeah. So those are kind of like, for my group, those were the guys that I came up kind of looking up to. Yeah. Um, and we did. But we have um, my old group, Knows to Self, has a song on the first abdominal album, one of the first abdominal albums, because that's <laughs> old, older. Uh, but his album, Escape from the Pigeonhole, we have a song called T.O.D where uh, we rapped together and then he was on a remix of ours for a song that never, the remix never came out, but it was on our first album called Shrink Rap. And he's just, I don't know, he's a legend, man. Yeah, but like that, that Here Comes a Fuzz track. Oh shit, that's amazing. Like, so like if, if, if I ever got asked, it doesn't happen very often, but like if I ever got booked for a comedy show, I was like, oh, what music do you want when you come up? It's just like, I want Here Come the Fuzz and I want you to start at this point in the song because the you, you, okay we gotta do that then you gotta you gotta you gotta interview abs that would be so sick that would be amazing yeah he's way funnier than me take him <laughs> <laughs> all right so, um, so so no but I'm, I'm so glad to hear that that's that's the kind of music you're on too because that's that, those are some some of my heroes you know what i mean they're guys that like i don't know if i've ever really made music in the lane of what abs and format were doing at all because they're so breakbeat heavy um but I man, I, I love that shit, and we used to, you know, support a lot. But when he would come here and play shows, it was one thing. He was big, but when he went to England and they were touring, that shit was live from everything I've seen. Yeah, so like you know the you know the format track that he did with um, the J Five guys. Is it? Um, we, well, yeah, with the mascots in the video. Yeah, right? like we, is, it, is it like we, we know something the, you don't know? So like when, when I when I did my cheap imitation version of hip-hop with the loop pedal and stuff like it was yeah. that kind of cadence that i copied that slightly offbeat you, okay you, you get a similar sort of uh delivery from some of the guys in like ugly duckling as well that kind of really sort yeah. of on the beat funky off kilter at times Einstein. uh, einstein's like, like uh, I, I know they got that on a gold chain yeah i know <laughs> I, I know rodney he's a good dude He's a very good That's dude. That's dope, man. I, yeah, they were um, they were the surprise guest at the first rap show I ever went to when I was 13 or 14 years old. It Amazing. Was Del, uh, Casual from Hyro, and then High and Mighty, if you remember them, and Ugly Duckling were the special surprise guest, and I was like very much the right age to be an Ugly Duckling fan. Yeah. I was like, what so, is happening? So like, I opened for those guys maybe three times. I'd, Oh, that's tight, dude. So, so like I, so like it, for 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 a little while, like if they ever played Birmingham, I would get the call because like it, that whole live music funky bassline thing, uh, it 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 worked with their crowd. So but you were playing as a musician opening for them? Yeah. Oh shit, I didn't know. So you did you you've been legit, bro. I, I would yeah, but like I would never say that I was a hip hop artist. I I was just. I was, okay, okay. I was part of it was the spectacle of doing it, doing like creating loops live. So there was, there was, yeah. I would, you know, I would say that there's a bit of a gimmick to it. And don't get me wrong, like I had some legit songs, but, mm. um, but it was the sort of, and I, I was maybe making a point about being amusing on stage before I ever, this is long before I ever th thought about actually doing comedy myself. So I kind of treated it like, I kind of treated it like the stage persona was a character who didn't give a shit. So I would quite often take the take the the piss out of myself. Right. So if I ever fucked up a loop, I'd be like, yeah, you know, like I would just own it and just wouldn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. and people and people, I would, I would, make, I would make myself the butt of the joke, and the audience would 
would go with it, you know? Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's great though. I mean, it's it's weird how we all got our kind of start and that like, you kind of turned into stand up and stuff because it's like sort of the same idea. You have to have that kind of really thick skin resilience for those times when the jokes don't land. You yeah. Know what I mean? Well, I mean, like basically, I I got a a proper job as you as you might want to call it. Although some of my yep. friends wouldn't say what I do is a proper job. And yeah. um, you're making dildos. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> No, but, um, and so like the music kind of fell by the wayside and I never, I never made the decision to stop performing live. Um, but I, you know, I'd been doing it for like four or five years at that point. And so then it got to like a year and a half and I hadn't played (laughs) and I just missed doing something. I missed performing in some form, but like taking my setup was ridiculous so there was like a loop pedal a bass guitar an acoustic guitar an instrument mic that went to a glockenspiel a glockenspiel a, a vocal <laughs> mic um, a, a vocal mic uh, a sampler uh, and a midi keyboard so and so I would so I would it was an effort to like set all that to, to one to, to move it all yourself and set it up all yourself and break it down yeah. quickly so you didn't fuck with whoever was on next. Um, yeah. So like that was that that was too much effort as well as focusing on the day job that was kind of changed. It was one of those things where it's like, oh, I've got proper money coming in, I can afford to give yeah. give my family a proper life. And but I miss I'm really miss performing. So, um, I kind of we. I'm a, I'm a massive comedy fan. We went to the Edinburgh Festival and we saw one of my favourite acts, who's a Canadian uh, comic actually. Um, it's Dave Mahesh. Oh no, not that guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Dave. Uh, it was Glenn Wool, and okay, okay. and yeah. I, we saw him, and I was like. I just looked at my wife. I was like, "We've got." I'm sorry. I've got to do it. I've got to try it. So, I, I, I found uh, like a course, and then through going on that, people sort of clued me in where the open mics were, and that that that's been it for like the last yeah, awesome, seven years. And every now and then, I get sort of pulled back into doing some music stuff with friends, like, um, like someone will say, like, "Oh, could you?" could you maybe come back and do like a loop pedal set at, at our wedding or something like that just for like for fun and so every now and then I get pulled back in I, I, I wrote music this week actually for the first time I wrote new music for the first time in maybe three years like hey man nice like literally this week um, and it came out of nowhere and mm-hmm. like the whole thing came out almost fully formed in like literally two nights that's fire man um so, sometimes i feel like as an artist if you have that in you it's like you're you feel like you might lose touch or something or in actuality something's just building up from everything that you're doing and now it's just like all there yeah and i you know i, I wish i played more like because there's been times when i've been stressed with work and i've come in this room and i've plugged the guitars in and i've and i've made loops and i've and, and like all of a sudden four hours has gone by and it's one in the morning and my wife is in the doorway going are you coming to bed today you know, but I, I felt like I'd smoked weed. I was so relaxed because I just mm-hmm. focused on this thing and it, it made me 
happy. So like, I wish I played more than I do, but I've just got so much going on. So, yeah, no, I hear you, man. That's a lot. I mean, but it seems like it's in you, and and it's kind of one of those things that's not really a choice thing for a lot of people. Um, my friend Brian, I remember someone asking him online, like, "What do you do for inspiration?" Because he's, he's a visual artist, uh, graphic designer, and people kind of always are like, "Oh man, you're so talented and you're so uh, prolific." And they're like, "What do you, you know? What do you do for inspiration?" He goes, "I can't not do this." Yeah, and like kind of that's kind of how it is for artists it's like you might be able to like get away with not doing it for a while but like if it's in you to do something like that it's gonna have to come out otherwise it's gonna stress you the fuck out yeah it's like that weird real feeling of i need to create yeah like i feel really bad about myself when i'm not creating same I, you know that's why i mean i can't help it this yeah. is that's why i relaunched this podcast so like yeah. two two months into the first lockdown hadn't done comedy in like a couple of months and i was like i just i need to do something and yeah. and i threw everything into this and this is this has been my little creative output for like the last year you know oh wow and because at this point i have not done stand-up since last july and i had my first gig in the diary a couple of weeks ago and it got pulled the day before Oh, bro, I'm sorry. Man. No, no, it's, I kind of put no, it... No, but that's, I feel your pain. I had like my, my as Roshan, like coming out of doing group stuff and, and, and doing my stuff with my band. Like I had my first headline gig that went from being like, oh, cool, I'm doing 15 minutes to doing 40 minutes at like a reputable venue with like a built-in audience. And it's like, we want you to headline. And I'm like, great. And then the show gets canceled like a week out because of COVID and you're just like, fuck. Yeah. But I mean, what are you going to do? I got to keep at it. Yeah, so like... For, Funny because that show would now be all rap, whereas before it would have been mostly me singing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Because no, I'd kind of put it to one side. You know, like I was just like, I'm not going to write, I'm not going to try and... I'm not going to think about chasing gigs until I know that they're happening and I'll just focus on something else because if I, if I think about it without the ability to actually do it, that will fuck me up. But if I focus on something else, at least I'm doing something and I'm creating something and I'm putting it out. And when it does come back, I'll jump back in. Exactly, yeah. So That's smart, man. That's smart. All right. You can't find you're not a musician. You got four guitars behind you and a banjo. <laughs> yep. And, they, and, and a mandolin somewhere. No, a glockenspiel, my bad. And, and that's just what you can see in the shop. Shit, bro. Fresh cut like Millie Bobby. I'm on the list for the Emmy Nami. Hands up like paparazzi. Hands off while I pop a weed. Rolling with two tens like Pavarotti. I keep the hundreds underneath the past repeated. Ah, so, moving on from your project with Schwing, uh, we, we have, we arrive at your final track. Uh, the probably the only instance that someone has managed to get an 11th track because you said it was an honorable mention yeah i know but it's just the same i'm just lying to you know um <laughs> i just feel like it was a great bookend okay um this group is called the obgm they're a punk group from toronto uh they hit me in this very real way because i grew up listening to alternative rock in the 90s yeah uh and a lot of the bands that i like they have not entirely the same sensibilities, but shared sensibilities, I say. Like a lot of the stuff that I love listening to Smashing Pumpkins and Weezer early, uh, in the sense of song, in a songwriting sense, they have kind of in spades. And they're a lot more aggressive. Uh, they're great uh, in terms of like 
being able to kind of like have something that you're gonna rock out with and just probably imagine if I had hair, I'd headbang. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like the kind of music you mosh to. I don't go to a lot of punk shows, so I don't know the terminology, so pardon me in advance. That's fine. Uh, but I really fuck with this. And the drummer for the band is a guy named Cola H, uh, who is also a very good rapper producer. Okay. Uh, and I struggled whether or not to pick this song or a song of him as a solo artist. I ended up picking this because I kind of wanted to have a bit of a different flavor at the end and something to uh, to showcase that was not just rap or R&B. Um, and so we're gonna go with the OBGMs. Uh, and they also, I should mention, they also have a fan, they, this album is fantastic, and they also have a, a, a fantastic podcast out now called Band Practice, which everybody should check out. It's fucking hilarious. Amazing. Uh, yeah, and it's three dudes, and it's literally, I, I can relate, it's like the dumb shit you think of when you're hanging out and you're trying to like, you know, practice your songs or work on music, and you end up spending two hours just shooting the shit about, you know, about fucking Jay-Z or something dumb, and they do it, and they're hilarious. It's a sometimes, sometimes informative, often very silly, um, but I really think it's a, it's a great, uh, it's a great listen, and, uh, you know, big shout out to my guy Cola. He's actually the older brother of Claremont, randomly. Oh, no way. Uh, yeah, it's a very musical family, I guess. And um, and the song is called All My Friends, and I love it. Amazing. Roshin, thank you so much for coming on, man. Like, like, we've talked for almost two hours at this point. Like, Yeah, I mean, it was a good talk. Yeah, because some, sometimes it's Sorry not... for editing this bitch. No, nah, it's fine. Um, it's cool. fine. But, like, sometimes it's, it's not easy to, like get things going but like we really hit the ground running and we've, it's it's been a really really fun conversation so thank you for coming on well thanks for having me um i'm right now bringing you with me as i look for where i put my cigarette so i can go make bad decisions <laughs> So that concludes this week's episode and if it wasn't already obvious, that was a lot of fun. Sometimes guests can take a little while to settle into the conversation but Roshin just hit the ground running, we got on really well and I love how passionate he was about sharing all of these other Canadian artists that he has connections with when he could have taken a much broader view but he made a point of spreading the love. And I think that's indicative of the sense of community that his music scene thrives on. And I think it's a beautiful thing, uh, something to behold. Now, as always, we've kept the music discussed played below the conversation because I believe that all musicians should be paid for what they do. So if you want to listen to Broshi's mixtape in full, you can find it on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the link in the show notes. I've also put links to The Count, The Band Practice podcast and Roche's own podcast as well. So by all means, go and check that out. And as always, it would be amazing if you would leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. But for now, I will see you next week for another episode of Mixtapes with Mike.